Hello, Jose. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Sponsored by Coke No Sugar. <sighs> Maybe it's actually sponsored by UHP. Maybe yeah. XGM. Yeah. Hayman Island. And I remember this time. Thank you to the Hills podcast room at Bella Vista for letting us do our podcast in here. It's a nice space. It is. So, Jose. There's no template for me to go off on this podcast, but I, I already thought about the things that I wanted to ask you. Firstly, I'd like to get a little bit of a background on your past. I've known you for a while, but even before that, let's sort of keep people up to date on your dancing, before dancing, what school, the stuff you did at uni, any studies, courses. And let's start before... Let's go just before I met you. Uh, before we met, I was pretty into um, dancing. I, I was in a, dan- in a dance crew uh, called uh, KCC. They're pretty big now. When I was in it, I was it was a pretty small crew. Um, but <coughs> I started off as a hobby. Then it started to become something that was more than hobby. And then I started competing. But it got to a point where... It wasn't really something for me. Um, pretty fun, don't get me wrong, but like there was a lot of people in the crew that were more invested than I was. So I just sort of, well, that was down the track a couple of years, but that's when I quit and stepped down. But um, that's basically, I was uni student um, studying a few things. Like I studied, I was studying health and exercise science before I met you. Just before I met you, I was studying, I was transferred into a degree in psychology. Transferred into different unis because um, I was just jumping around. Campus life was pretty important to me because like, I like being around people. So when I was, a diff- when I was at Western Sydney um, Uni, I didn't have that campus life feel. So I switched over to Macquarie, but that's way past I've met you already at that point. But yeah, just student, I danced just lifted weights in the gym as like bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. And then post me meeting you, let's say, actually when did I first meet you? When? Yeah. It was uh, James Hughes. It was like a party slash it wasn't a party. And um, they were starting uh, 10X. It was a, it was a, birth of 10x it actually wasn't called anything for a while but it was just like a a gym project in quotation marks um yeah it just it was the thing like oh let's let's start a gym together i'm like what i remember hearing this I was like this is cool it's like i thought of barbell brigade straight away it's like oh I, I don't really know anybody that owns a gym from nothing like barbell brigade does unlike barbell brigade so that's what I thought straight away. And then um, when Jimmy talked about it and then um, introduced the idea, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then that's when I met you the same night where um, I remember you wearing like grilled uniform and just like, like I thought you were quite uh, intelligent because you, you actually mentioned the book called 10X Rule, the 10X Rule straight away. I was like, oh yeah, it's a good book and this. And I was like, First time being this guy, I'm like, oh, okay, just smiled and waved. Like, oh, that's good, that's good. I don't really care. Because I wasn't much of a bookworm back then. I don't really care. But then 
I think, yeah, that's how it really started. And then I think uh, after that party, um, that's when we met up again, probably like maybe a week or two. I, I don't really remember, but we met up, I think at Grilled. And then Jimmy invited me because um, to it as well. And then we were trying like, oh, let's think of a name, let's think of a logo, yada, yada, yada. And then um, that's when you kept saying, oh, let's name it the 10X. And I'm like, what's with you in this 10X thing? Who cares about 10X? <laughs> so it's like, just read it. And like, all right, if I really want to take this seriously and this guy says, read the book, I actually ordered the book from like, um, online website basically i read it i was like okay now i understand why you want to call it 10x so i agreed and said all right let's name it 10x and it was just sort of like a like a <clears throat> we all agreed to like all right this is a good good name for it for what we're trying to push out out there into the world yeah and do you think the skills that we learned back then when it was sort of the it was a community based lifestyle brand right uh they reflect well to now mm, yeah i i i agree 100 percent. like because what for us there was really no cost <coughs> to doing it it was just more so um we just wanted to build community and it was like not for profit essentially we weren't making any money like say every time we organized like a comp we probably made money and then a lot of that money went towards like all right DJ hire or whatever the cost was, we will probably make a profit of like maybe a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. Like, I remember one time, one, one comp, we, <laughs> we made revenue of like a, a grand, but then more than half of that went towards costs. And we're like, oh, so this is what it's like to run a business, and like from your man hours and labor, of like organizing trying to talk to people like oh this is what it's like that's my first time i've ever experienced like owning or working for something with little reward at the start but yeah community wise yeah i think what we're doing now here at uhp and xgm it's like it transferred over like so naturally because we were like just doing it for yeah just the love of it and not really like doing it for money yeah remember that first comp yeah, that was crazy. This was before powerlifting was a big thing. Yeah, especially especially like, yeah, in, in the hills, it wasn't very big. I remember when, like I remember I, I started powerlifting from the influence of you and Jimmy, right? And then when I started, like say squatting three plates, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I was seen as strong because I can squat three plates, but like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, it was so small. The sport was for like bold fat guys in like these singlets and sh really short sh leggings or whatever you want to call it, right? And now it's like with this whole sport that's become so big, even like the most good looking people do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it was known as when we were doing it, right? Mm. And that's where you got all your information off as well. So it's sort of like, oh, okay. No, yeah. Um yeah, it's crazy how like the information has definitely changed to what it is now where powerlifting was like, all right, lift with chains or lift with bands um, or anything like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's evolved. The sport has evolved so much in terms of the knowledge being pushed out there. And I think, I believe that's probably the same with like any sport. Like 
whether it's footy, basketball, there's always new science or new principles that's applied. And even just the way commercially it is, like say Palafing has so many brands, um, so much like endorsements, I guess, for the, the world champs. Like there's Taylor Atwood with like SBD and I think Russ Wall is the same. Like there's so many of it now. It's it's so big, it's crazy. Yeah. It's still not too lucrative though, hey, the actual sport. Define lucrative. Like competitors making oh, money from nah. the sport itself. There's like, like there's no money behind it. Basically, like you, I don't really know what the um, top prize is for a powerlifting comp. Like say worlds. Like what is it? Is there a cash prize for winning worlds or anything like that? Um, not that I know of. Maybe, but I don't read too much into it. But it sort of reminds me of 10x. And like the people that do it are really passionate about it. Mm, yeah, they have to be. Yeah, I think it's, it's like um, it's like the whole the whole journey of being strong. You're putting the w- work in the gym, and then you fail. You feel like you feel so bad. You feel horrible f- in your joint, in your back, or whatever it is. But you still go. You rock up on meet day, and it's like, all right, this is what I'm training for. And like the the reward of like money or like prizes is so small. But you're doing it legit for like. I guess the feeling of like beating the weight, like the, your only really opposition is legit the barbell or unless like you really want to beat another lifter, but essentially for yourself, like that, this is how the sport goes, right? There's like no, like there's three judges and then there's like no opposing team on the same platform as you. It's just you and the bar and that's it. And it's like, that's what people love about the sport. It's just like, it's very individualized, I guess. So if we link back to sort of powerlifting, you said specify lucrative. I assume you mean uh, in the realm of lifting or fitness, there's money to be made. However, it's not necessarily in the sport. Like say, for example, a rugby player could be like, I want to be a rugby player because rugby players have money, they have cars, whatever it is, they make money and they're also like really good at rugby, right? And that's not attached to powerlifting, but this. This ma- uh, why do so many people want to do it, do you think? Is it that individualization or is it just overcoming? Is it easy to access? Is it? Um, I think a, a lot of it, I think it's very easy to access because you can just start lifting heavy weights in the gym and it's like, oh, I'm pretty, I'm good at lifting weights. Let's make, let's get even better at it. Because when it comes to lifting weights, it's like, all right, they say you can go down to the root of like personal training or, um, going to a gym, watching some YouTube videos. And like, to be honest, it's pretty simple to be good at it, at lifting weights. So it's like, you say the average Joe, they can get pretty good at it. And it's like, oh, if I'm good at it, might as well keep going. When it comes to a field sport, it requires, I guess, a bit more skill, like say catching a ball or like dribbling a ball, shooting, shooting a ball. It's like, not a lot of people have access to that is because it's like, it's like an area where they don't even think about, if you know what I mean? Like, it's like with a gym, people want to go to the gym to lose weight, get strong. And like a lot of people want to do that, including athletes on the field. In terms of accessibility to powerlifting, it's like anybody can do it. So the thought of competing can come across anybody's mind if you're so good at lifting weights. Like athletes on the field, they're good at lifting weights, but they don't think about competing because they already have a different sport. Gen pop people, they have that opportunity 
to feel somewhat like an athlete. So I guess that's why it's growing because many people want to get strong, get muscly, and they do that for lifting weights and they say, oh, this feels good, so let's keep going. So I, th- I guess accessibility is a big thing. Yeah. So everyone's doing it regardless of whether they actually want to be a powerlifter and then they can come across some feeling of joy and then it's like, oh, how far can I take it? Yeah. That's like basically a lot of our clients at UHB. It's like a lot of them will come to us saying that, yeah, um, I just want to lose weight or get strong. And then what are the best best ways to do that is through SBD, right? So SBD is the best way to measure strength, I guess. There's so many ways, but I guess from what we were pushing out, SBD was like the best way to measure strength over over a long period of time. And okay, well, if you want to get strong, this is how you're going to do it. And they find that they're getting PBs, let's say every week. Let's say they get a five RM every week or eight RM every week. It's like, oh man, I'm pretty good at this. And then obviously naturally for us, like, oh, have you ever thought about taking this to the next level? And then like, that's the rest is history from then. Yeah. Well then if we link say gym or providing a space to go and lose weight, get strong, feel confident or athletes trying to get better at their sport. How was it for you What's your experience for, I guess, the people listening, maybe it's a client, uh, opening up a gym? Opening up a gym, my experience of it. Yeah, like, is it what you thought or what other people think it is? Or what are the things that you think people underestimate and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, gym, yeah, everyone's turning up or whatever it is because... I think, I think, that, I think the thing that never, I never thought of was the people you're serving everybody is different personalities are different um and i'm not saying there's there's good and bad but it's like all right you got to be ready to be um you be able to serve anybody like you can you can be a snob and be like nah i don't want this person in my gym like you can do that if you want to but in terms of what you truly believe in if your goal as a gym owner is to make money okay versus helping people reach goals no matter who and where they're from, that's a different thing. That's, I guess, people's the biggest thing I've never thought would be, like, I wouldn't say it's a hurdle. I think I guess it's the point where you develop a skill and talking to different people every day. And then, like, with, with the members we have at the gym, we see them almost every day. So it's like, all right, this is my work now. Say hi to these people. Talk about their training. It's like, you know, sometimes I don't even feel like work because these guys are your customers, right? But you're just talking about the things you're both passionate about, which is pretty cool. Now, in terms of the work, other works are things like, say, I don't know, cleaning up the gym. Like, I don't think, like, that will be such a... I, guess, I wouldn't say it's a stress stressful thing, but it's like the more people there are in the gym, the more messy, messy it's going to be. I've been working in gym since I was 19 years old. I'm, like, 26 now, so... Like I know what people are like in gyms. That people leave mess around all the time. And it's like it's an in, it's something that's inevitable. Like people will leave mess around. So it's like, oh man, I since being an owner, it's like this is something like I want to fix. Right when I was working as a staff, it's like ah, oh, it's never gonna be fixed. It's never gonna be fixed. So my attitude is different towards a clean gym. But now it's like, all right, how do we make sure this gym is always clean? That's another one. Another one is costs. Oh my gosh, costs are crazy, especially depending where you are, uh, location. Like, like we're in a pretty good location in terms of exposure. Main Street on 
like a main street on the business park of Bella Vista. So it's like, all right, rent's crazy. And just like, I mean, like, yeah, it's just, I don't think it would take, I, I guess I saw it coming where when it comes to starting a business like this, you'd be running at a loss for so long. I mean, there were, people always say that, right? Like people always say, starting a business, be prepared to lose money for like two, three, five years. But now experience for myself, I was like, all right, now I know what it's like. So I guess you you hear about all these things, but you don't really, I don't know if prepare is the word, but it's like, all right, you got to sort of experience it to actually, I want to say believe it, but it's like, okay, I get it now. I understand how it works. Okay. So basically you heard it and you're like, yeah, that's probably going to happen. And until it actually happens, it's like that feeling of what it feels like. You can never get that unless you experience it, mm, right? Yeah. Yeah, so basically. It doesn't matter how much someone told you. Mm. It's sort of like, well, I haven't gone through that yet. Or if yeah. it was happening to someone else, it's like, that's what they're going through, not me. Mm. Yeah, I remember <coughs> I remember when 10X was still, we were want 10X to still be a gym, right? I remember bringing it up with people. I remember this one conversation with a girl from Grilled. I don't know who it I don't remember what her name was, but I remember it was you, me, and Jimmy at the grill table, and we legit said to the worker, yeah, we're going to start a gym. And she's like, do you have any money? Like, that's the only response. I was like, oh, okay, no. And it's like, from that on, it's like, no one will never know what it's like until you actually go and do it. Because people say it's expensive. Running any business will come at a cost. So, yeah, I think in my head, when I was, I think we were 21, I was 21 um, at the time. So it was in my head, I was like, yeah, it will cost money. And some magic number of like 10K, yeah, 10K. That's that's enough to start a gym, right? Like how much is property these days? I don't know. I'm tw- I was 21. I wasn't thinking about property. I wasn't thinking about rent. I was thinking about, oh yeah, there's going to be bills, water, electricity, and what else is there? Equipment, yeah. Equipment with what cost? What, 20 grand? Who knows? Like, how much is a score rack these days, right? Not that much. <laughs> but, but then we saw, we ordered equipment for this gym. I was like, oh, gosh. Different, different. Yeah. Good fun, good fun. Well, I guess, what's the, what's the biggest thing that you hear from people when you open the gym? Mm, in terms of like, like you say, from people, not members, like friends and stuff. Friends, friends of friends. And then they come up and see you and they, they'll say their comment about the gym. And when you first did it, not now, you're known as a gy- the person who owns the gym now. Yeah. But at the start, you weren't known as that person. You, you transitioned from, let's say, PT to then gym owner. And it's like, all right, that's, that's a big step. So then what, what were the comments that were being said when you had that step? Uh. A lot of people knew I was PT for like a couple of years. And then when they found out, when we made the announcement that X Gym's going to open, it's like, oh, it must be doing well for yourself to open a gym. Like, ooh, like oh, a lot of congratulations and stuff. A lot of people know, like, I guess I, a lot of people know me as that fitness guy in the circle. Um, like, obviously before PTing as well. I think when I started to go hard into PT and then now owning a gym, people were like, oh, doing well for yourself. And like, I guess that's it. Like, it's not, it's like a lot of people said they weren't surprised. 
which is, I guess it's a good thing. I guess it's like, it's not like the weird thing to do for me to do. But yeah, I think, I'll, I, I guess I can ask you the same thing. Like you, you sort of came from that similar, um, I guess, well, you were a PT for ages. So what were your comments? Uh, I think it was a bit, it was sort of skewed. Like the questions that were asked came from a consumer's side of things. Like when we were 21, for example, that sort of knowledge of like, oh, okay, yeah, that would have cost a bit. And it's like, oh, how much was it? And it's sort of like, oh, I sort of don't want to answer that. Like it's mm. a little bit private at least. But um, it was, they, if you don't have an idea of something, you push it out as if it's like a lot different to what it is. So it's like, oh, yeah, you would have had to like, you know, talk to real estate agents mm. and then just, you know, up pops a gym. But it's like, yeah, yeah. And then you just yeah. say, yeah, because Im imagine explaining that to every single person. That, yeah, that's what I've noticed is like when, when it comes to, um, no one really knows. This is a thing that I think about a lot when it comes to entrepreneurship. It was like, a lot of people ask me to this day, it's like, how's the business? How's the gym? And I just say, it's good. Like, what else do you want me to say? Like, if I say, oh yeah, oh COVID did, did this. Like, yeah, oh yeah, you guys must have had a hard time during COVID, right? It's like, yeah, like, what do you want? Me? Like it's it's like a question that you already know the answer to. If if people say how's business, it's like what else do you say besides good? Because like in my unless they're a business owner themselves, in my head it's like, do you actually care about how the business actually is? And it's no offense to anybody or anything like that, but it's just the more so that the ability to understand what it's like to own a business that's like brick and mortar. It's like it's so. It's 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 something that people need to experience for them to actually understand. Like I said, like a couple of minutes ago, it's like we don't know until you know. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like trying to educate someone on like, oh, can I do a five hundred kilo deadlift like in this program? It's like no, and they haven't known about training. It's like mm. oh, why not? And it's like, okay, there's a lot that I have to explain. And that's all just in a passing conversation. Do mm. they actually want that amount of information? Probably not. Mm. Okay. And then the next one that I really want to dive into is now with the gym and with a PT business in the gym, there comes a lot of people, right? And I just wanted to ask a bit about the way that your management style has changed or how you talk to people, or how you communicate to people to create performance within a gym. So let's say back to any time days. First opening up UHP over at any time, over at Rouse Hill. Did you have a certain mentality about how people need to be talked to or managed? or And has that changed now? And have you noticed a increase in performance? Or do people get more out of it now versus back then? Mm, I definitely, <clears throat> I've definitely learned as I've been like, I th at first I thought I knew it all already when I was, when I first started PTing an X team, right? I thought I knew a lot already from just having the drive to always push myself, um, I guess with knowledge. That's one thing. And then when it comes to with people, I, I've been working in customer service in gyms for like since 2019. Like, so I was a front desk guy, a salesman. So I sort of had a like, all right, this is how I talk to people, right? But then when it came to being an employer, I thought I knew it all because I, oh, I can deal with customers. I can deal with employees, almost the same thing, right? But I was wrong. Like this, it's so different because these people, 
like people always say all the time, like in books, I read it in books where you should always invest into your employees. They're going to be the number one asset into your, in your business. And it's like, again, I didn't know that until I experienced it for myself. So when I hired my first team, like my first group of PTs, it's like, okay, it seems like these, they're all different, but I mean, I didn't know anything and I didn't know any better. So, or mentored them all around the same, basically the same. So I had three boys, one girl, the boys, I thought all boys would be the same. First of all, I knew, I knew that one girl was going to be different. Shout out to Shaz. But I knew that one girl was going to be different. So I changed it up a little bit, you know. So, but what I, did, what I did find out was when it comes to mentoring the boys, they're still different because like, like say, um, Aris was su such a, he was a personality, different personality, whereas Eric was a personality. And then Jack was a different personality. It was like, oh, Okay, now I'm starting to understand a little bit like a bit about management, but then there goes more scenarios where I need to talk to these guys differently. But I think no one really taught me that except besides like, all right, I need to read more books. I need to listen to more leadership pod uh, podcasts and then just experience more scenarios. That's the best way for me to learn anyway. So I guess to fast forward to now, I've started to find out and still learning today is like management is a lot of like coaching, like clients as well. And then not trying to talk to everybody the same way because that, because everybody's different. Like I said, when it comes to um, X gym and members, you can't talk to all members the same. It's, it's so it becomes like a human thing where it's like, all right, every human has a different personality to some degree. So even twins, you like, there's so many twins out there. And like, even twins can have different personalities, right? So, like, even they need communication through a different, I guess, message. I mean, the message is the same, but the how it's conveyed needs to be different. So, yeah, every single human is different. Like, that's all. I, yeah, all I can say. And where was your biggest transformation? Let's say, like. Obviously, you're like, oh, everyone's different and you're, you're becoming aware, becoming aware. Did you just say, oh, okay, I'm just going to mentor people differently now? Or was there new education? And with that as well, why bother educating yourself more? Like if something's working at all, like obviously it worked somewhat when you grew up a client base from the PTs over at the Anytime Fitness Gyms uh, with UHP why try and continue to develop like someone else i'm just thinking from someone listening like what's why do you, like once you know it that's it like why do you need to develop i think that, that when it comes to evolving as a person the, if you stuck if you stay stuck to where you are you could actually be putting yourself in danger of just i guess i don't really know a word for it besides outdated but thing is things are always changing right like say for example we talked about the sport of powerlifting powerlifting is um so like it used to be what it was like say uh rest in peace louis simmons like when louis simmons was pushing out powerlifting stuff like now it's it's seen as outdated but before it was like oh this is good stuff this is good stuff and it was like let's say you just start push that push that push that push that like still to this day people will just think me is this guy just gonna be like say like say i started pushing out just you know lifting with bands all the time, people would be like, why? There's other ways. And then I guess being able, 
if you want people to listen to you, you got to be able to be, what's the word? Just like, um, what's the word? It's like, it's like a word where <coughs> you're willing to learn, open, like open, open-minded. That's the one. If you got to be open-minded if you want people to actually listen to you. Because if you're seen as the stubborn or the seen as the one, the just this is it, the one size fits all guy, it's just like, all right, your, your effect of what you're trying to push out will be so little. And even with like, um, even with talking to employees, it's like if you ment- if you mentor everybody the same, even though you know it's right, you're gonna get to a point your where your effect is actually small because a lot of people don't want to listen to it because like oh times are evolving, people are being exposed to different stimulus out there such as social media. It's like oh let's say you're scrolling on TikTok or Instagram, you're saying oh I like this personality, this one. Uh, meshes with me well you come to work and your boss is like a dick and it's like nah this isn't it for me and that that's that's all it takes for it to be like people don't want to listen to you anymore yeah well i guess there's a lot of people that might be listening who are sort of well they're employees but do you reckon these skills sort of overlap regardless of what industry you're in Mm, yeah overlapping as in it helps like someone might be listening and they're like i'm not even involved in the fitness industry why is any of this information gonna um be useful to me but say someone's like there's a lot of people at the gym let's say they're 24 23 27 like there's a big range there and i guess that's a a big um part of people's lives is they're really diving into their careers at the moment they're trying to find their space or maybe they finish uni and they're like all right now i want to really make a mark for myself do these sort of skills apply to an employee in a business that's trying to say climb the ranks or get better at their job or maybe even manage others as well? Mm. Yeah, I think that it's just the ability to evolve. Anyway, is quite important. No matter what industry you're in, no matter what job you have, if the I think open minded, being open minded is the biggest thing that that will help you to grow. Even if you're just an employee, like if you're an employee, it's like you have to report to someone, but being able to learn and listen to someone else, even though if you don't agree with them, like I'm not saying suck up or anything like that, but what I'm saying is like ability to learn and listen is a powerful tools to actually, all right, now I want to speak as well. But if you, if your whole career, you're going to go, no, I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to that. And then when it's time, when it's your time to speak and no one listens, it's like, it's just, I'll become inevitable as well. Like, just because even then, like, let's say people do listen. Let's say people do listen to you, but then it's going to come to a point where people will stop listening. And it could be in any industry. It could be with automotive, right? Let's say, let's say uh, Toyota will start pushing out um, uh, hybrids, right? Let's say hybrids are, are the, it's not the thing yet, not the thing yet, but then, well, put it this way, I thought. Well, I don't know. Was it Toyota to push out the first hybrid, or I don't know who it was, but yeah, I think so. Basically, <coughs> hybrids are becoming everywhere now. Like I see hybrids for like I don't, I can't really think of the top of my head right now, but I see hybrids everywhere now. And it's becoming like a thing where like, all right, well, other cars are gonna start doing hybrids because it's the new thing. It's evolving. If you don't, if you don't stick with it, if you don't go with it, people just think, all right, these guys are outdated. Same thing when I talked about with the powerlifting. 
if you just lifted with bands all the time, outdated, it's irrelevant. And then when it com- becomes irrelevant, like people not going to listen to you, people won't see you, and that's where it becomes like ineffective for your career or your business or whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. No, that's a very good point because I think that's massive with lifting as well. Like, There's always, obviously, there's a big saying around like if it's working, sort of don't, uh, don't change it, right? There's a saying that or there's someone who's like, oh, this is what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Why would I change it now? Like I've been coaching people this way and it works. It's like, yeah, but could work better. Mm. Or it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is where does that mentality come from? Because a lot of people, if they've been doing it for a long period of time, either they have a massive investment into it. So like, why would I change? Or number two, it's been working for them in the past. So why would they change it as well? So example, like the petrol cars versus hybrids. It's like, but petrols are working for me right now. Why would I need a hybrid? We can just make petrol a bit more efficient. Mm. And it's like, yeah, but hybrids like four times as efficient. Mm. So in terms of lifting, do you have that same mentality? Yeah, I think the way even I prescribe exercises to clients has changed because like there's so many, there's so many like styles of periodization that can work for a client, right? And like, like say you do five by five still to this day, right? It's going to work. It will work. Like people say it's outdated. Yes, it is outdated. But you say someone comes in, I want to get strong, prescribe five by five programming. It's going to work, right? But you look at the long-term, <coughs> long-term effects of it. Like, like say results can be capped at like by, I don't know, 32 weeks, for example. And then you're going to have to switch up the routine, switch up the periodization. Whereas you go by a new style of programming where you can push this for 50 weeks and then you get 50 weeks worth of progression versus 32 weeks. They both work, but which one will take you further? So I think, oh, maybe shorter. I don't know. Like it's just an example, but essentially this is how we go by it. And this is how it is with lifting. Like there's only new things coming out and people are starting to learn how the human body can take so much load and volume right and it's like all right maybe this doesn't work for this person again this 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 will apply to say prescribing exercises to clients where if you want to get someone strong a certain programming style isn't always going to work just because it worked for one athlete doesn't mean it's going to work for these five other athletes because let's say other variables can be like injury uh training age, occupation, like all that stuff is so important. Like say, yeah, I'd say you yourself, programming for you is very different to say programming for somebody that works as a tradie or works in IT, right? Let's say sitting down, let's say an IT person sits down all day. You are on the gym floor and like carrying loading weights for other people and the, the body will take, will feel fatigue in different areas coming to a gym session and it's like this won't work for me so yeah that's again another thing of like evolving for like every other person and then when your ability to learn is high you can apply any sort of periodization towards anyone because you just you've just learned so many styles and think all right this can work this can work this can work this won't work and then you can just make the judgment for yourself instead of all right i'm going to prescribe five by five to everybody because that works yeah it will but there'll be a cap. So my next sort of train of thought was 
and where do you draw that limit? Like, say, for example, there's a lot of stuff that goes out I know in the industry. There's almost new stuff that goes out that's maybe even just marketed better, and it's actually the same stuff, but they're sort of like, oh, it's got this slight variation here or whatever it is. Where do you draw the line to say, like, okay, I can't just – I've found new information every week. I'm going to just change my program every week. Mm. So where do you draw that line or what? what's the thought pattern into new information, implementation, yeah. I think there, there's going to be a point where <coughs> you gain new information, but then if you just gain and don't apply, you actually haven't actually tr- know if it works. I think there's going to be a, a, a time period where you got to, when you gain new information and if you don't apply it, it's just a waste because you haven't really practiced and seen for yourself. Again, it's like what I, we said before with, uh, starting a gym, you don't really know what it's like until you experience it. When when it came to, say, m like, mentoring trainers, it's like, all right, I'm gonna try this style. Does it work? Yes, no. Let's say I learn a new mentoring style. It's like, oh, okay, I might try that. I never try it, and then I take on new information. It's like, all right, but let's say you're always taking new information, always taking new information, and not applying you're legit wasting your time because what's the point of learning something you're not going to use? So I think there is that cap of like, all right, if you're going to learn something, give yourself a a time to like actually try it out. Because if you don't, it's sort of in a way like you're becoming too, I wouldn't say it's too open. I don't know what a term would be, but it's like, all right, you're not really practicing anything. You mean like jumping? Yeah, it's like jumping. I did this two weeks, didn't work. Did this two weeks. Yeah worked i'm gonna go with that yeah. oh there's new information do this now yeah just imagine like reading reading like a leadership book from this person okay just finish the book let me read another leadership book and let's say i just think of um i think of jocko willink he's 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 got I've, i'm reading his book right now on leadership it's very military based he's a lot of his styles of leadership is based around um like missions and military whereas say uh, Simon Sinek, it is it la- uh, it last is very different to like, it's very like let the let the employee like they matter. I'm not, I haven't really finished Jocko's book, but essentially it's like all right, um, if I read one book and read the other straight away, I haven't given myself enough time to apply what of uh, what's that word like just observed like basically like I've. It, I've taken all this information from Jocko and then I read a book from Simon Sinek. It's like, all right, anything I'm learning about Jocko is being uh, drained out because I'm reading about Simon Sinek right now. So I guess there's there has to be that point where, all right, leadership book, I'm not, to, for me, I, I read a leadership book and I don't read another one for like maybe three months. And so like whatever I've learned over the past month or so of reading, I can just naturally apply whatever I can remember it. Because what's the point of reading two leadership books in a row where like um, it's two different models of leadership. So yeah, there's got to be a point where you apply and practice. So would you do the same thing for say training, for example? Yeah. So with training as well, like if, if you, if you learn a style of programming, you just like, all right, I'm going to have to try it to see if it actually works. And then I learned another thing. It's like, all right, I'll try that one too. It's like, all right, let's say you give someone eight weeks. Let's say a block is eight weeks long. You try this style of uh, programming 
And then the next block after that is the same, like say it's tapering, but it's a different style of tapering. It's like, I don't even know if it's gonna work or not because it's a different style. If you continue on from that previous style, you'd know if it truly works for say a 16 week block. Like eight weeks, who knows, you might feel something that's, you might see change, but you know, like progressive overload is so like, you can be shown in so many ways where like, yeah, it worked. But it's very subjective if it worked or not. But let's say with programming, you gotta really try it and see if it works. Like I've tried say, for like now to this day, I feel like prescribing four by eight is like frowned upon now, right? Like, but it worked for so long though. So why is it so why is it so frowned upon? Like now it's like, oh, just stick to high RPE, RPE based training. Like that's a thing I think that's sort of a new thing. That's it's not really new. That's the thing. It's RPE training has been around for a while, but it's only been applied as of recently. So, but that's that's different. That's different right now. But in terms of um, say, conditioning four by eight, then now to RPE based training. It's two different styles of training. Percentage versus RPE. It's like they both work, but it's like all right, can can RPE based training work better though? We don't know. Let's see. Let's see. So if you could sum up and. I'll make it specific so there's a bit more direction to it. Sum up sort of that open-mindedness and implementation of new information. What approach would you take in simple terms to new information, implement, take away information, or is it like a sift through that information and keep what's good and then look for more information? Basically, I'm trying to find out when it's too much, when you're just trying to grab everything and it's not actually uh, working for you because everything's getting jumbled up. Like say, for example, someone's like, oh, four by eight worked for me and it keeps working for me. So why would I go anywhere else? It's like, yeah, but it could be better. And then you do RPE-based training. It's like, oh, that works for me as well. Okay, I'm going to do RPE training now. And it's, okay, I'm going to do linear, strongest five by five now. Mm. Oh, that worked for me. Mm. Like, and you're just hopping, hopping, hopping. Like, where do you... What process would you take in training, just to keep it specific, to make sure you're getting, one, the most out of training, but also, two, avoiding, say, program hopping, for example? What steps would I take? Yep. I guess uh, in terms of, like, not making sure you don't hop is, like, yeah, I think you've, you when it comes to, like, the context of training athletes is, like, you just got to ride with the wave. That's what... Um, that's what Luke tells me all the time. Um, salami here, just ride the wave and see if it if it goes well. And like, if it like, I think if you hop too much, it's just you. It could be counterproductive because, um, like you're not really sticking to, like, I guess some. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like you you're not really being true to your true ability. I think so. Like, sorry, can you repeat the question? Is it like what my process would be? What your process would be? So say, for example, it's like, it's all good and well to take on information, information, information. And this is the Bex exercise. Um, adductors now. Uh, everything adductor, uh, clampage and mm. whatnot, and that's going to help you get a good squat. And then it's like, oh, external rotation work now. Or glute work now. Mm. All right, hip extension. Yeah, heaps of that, heaps of that, heaps of that. Oh, yeah, sub out that adductor stuff now. Mm. Oh, RPE now. Oh, yeah, okay. Don't worry about last four weeks. 
the next four weeks, we're going to do percentage based. It's like, oh, top sets, high RPE, high RPE. So yeah, yeah, let's do that now. And you sort of, you're gaining progression, but I guess stimulus is changing because of it. And mm. you're never actually getting, say, good at exercise, let's say, because it's hop, hop, hop. Yeah, I think you, you, you'll get to your point if you hop so much, you don't actually be, it's like that saying of um, jack of all trades, but master of none. Like if you if you try to be good at all, of everything, like you will just become average at everything. If you actually be good at say RPE based training, so there's people out there that just push it, oh, early RPE based training, for example. It's like, all right, they become a master at it and knowing how to push it out. Now that's obviously a, an extreme, but in terms of being open, it's like, all right, if you try to be good at everything in such a short period of time, you become so average at it. So let's say, all right, I'll start, I'll do powerlifting for a year. Next year, I'll do bodybuilding. And then it's like, all right, you only did one year. Like, that's one year is not much. 52 weeks of training. And then you become just average at it because you only gave it a year. Like, when I was dancing for two years, I still felt like I was average. No, I wasn't, I even, I wasn't even that good, I felt like. So, like, I stopped now. So, I don't know what where I could be now if I kept going. But... I guess I know dancers out there that have been dancing for six, seven, ten years and they're so good at it and that's the only sport they've done. But let's say you switch coach for football, same thing. If you switch styles of programming, same thing. You become a coach that becomes average at all styles of programming. You know it to, to a certain point where it's like just average info. You don't really push the limits. So... I guess if you're always hopping, you just become so average at it. Your true experience and knowledge of it is quite limited, I would yep. say. So what I gather from that is extend the timeline. Mm. Keep at something so you can truly learn it, but don't be so close-minded that you think that's the only thing that works. Yeah, because that that's a, that could be seen as a weakness so, as well. So it's like one extreme, like one extreme to the other, it's like, being too open versus being too closed is like could be very detrimental. What's the compromise there? So you got to ask yourself, like, right, what is the what is the middle case here? And let's write that because that's the best way for you to really master that. And I feel like that's with anything. Oh, let's start a business. Nah, I don't want to do business anymore after one year. It's hard. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's it. You just become so average at running a business. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go back to being I don't know an employee for someone I want to work I just work for someone instead it's like how do you know how your true cap though if you only gave it one year to be good at running a business I think that's with anything like all right, I want to learn how to skate like all right I'll just give it a couple of weeks and they'll become good at skating it's like but you see people on rollerblades they can spin they can dance it's like how long have they been rollerblading for though yeah you know it's like they become so good at it because they just kept riding it kept riding it it's like with anything like you, that's developing skill over time like you it takes so many years to, to be good at be so good at skill like acquiring new skill is easy like all right this is how you make a cocktail do a few classes you know how to make cocktails now it's like all right give me a say a long island iced tea you get a long island iced tea you're you're pretty average at it for like probably six months get it for years like oh, i'm pretty good at long island iced teas now because you kept going you keep practicing your skill you don't need to learn measuring cups anymore. You just like sweet eyeball everything, shake it, shake it, shake it. It's just, I guess that's how it is with requiring any skill out there in, in life where like 
anything, anything. People, people always ask me, oh, how are you, how are you always going to a gym five days a week? It's like, it's just a thing that I do. But it's also a skill that I developed over time where um, going to a gym was, is, can be a hard skill to do for some people. So like if you only give it six months to be good at going to a gym, you will not get results because you just didn't ride it long enough. So yeah, so extend the line, extend the timeline, give yourself a bit more time to actually be good at it. Um, otherwise you'll be just average. Ride that wave. Ride the wave. Well, that's a good conclusion, I think. Ride that wave. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Hills. Bella Vista. Thanks, Hills Podcast Room. See you later.